Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Birds and the Lees. This is Nathan, and I'm here with Kim. Kim, how are you today? I'm great. Awesome. So uh, we are continuing our story, which we are well into like part six, I think. And uh, not normally do we, well, maybe it does take a while to tell this story. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel like it, it takes quite a while to kind of fill in who we are, and which is why we're doing this. We're doing this so that we can explain to you who we are and yeah, that'll give you some insight into the things we talk about and the subjects we talk about. And uh, and how do you feel it's going so far? I think it's great. You think I, it's great? Yeah, I think it gives a good background as to where we came from and where we're going. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, we're just getting right into it. You know, we can do a lot of uh, you know. Yeah. We just jump right into there are lots whatever of, this is. So. Yeah, there are lots of side stories. Yeah, but there for right now, we're building a good base for you guys to understand why we have a passion. For what we're talking about. Yeah. So if you were here last time or you listened to the last one, uh, we had talked about how, you know, these were the early years of our marriage and Kim was in new home sales. Uh, I was working full time at a church um, in student ministry as a middle school pastor, actually, is what I was doing. And uh, where we kind of left you was a cliffhanger where we said that, uh, you know, seemed like everything was kind of on track and then uh, kind of. Everything changed. Well, began to change. At this right. point, not everything is going to change just yet, but but it's going to be uh, kind of the beginning of this long road that we're going to go through. Right. And the very first thing that happened really had nothing to do specifically with us, but at the time, what we found out is that uh, uh, the church I was at uh, ended up having a moral failure on the on the part of the senior pastor. And uh, if you've ever experienced that, it's a very, very difficult time. Yeah, I mean, it was hard. Kim will tell you, it, it, it is very difficult for a variety of reasons. Obviously, the family that's involved, um, mm-hmm. uh, the family, the individuals who are directly involved into that. But then there's this ripple effect that happens through the entire church, because obviously uh, anyone in that position um, um, you know, immediately uh, is biblically disqualified from being in the pastorate um, at yeah. that point. And, you know, I do believe in reconciliation. I do believe in um, restoration. Uh, but obviously in that moment, you, you can't have someone leading um, with, this, uh, with this very visible gross sin that's going on. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm not going to get into the details of that because that's not our story to tell. But I uh, think what is our story and part of that is... That we were in a good place yeah, we as were. a couple, and had we not been, no matter what the issue had been, that would have been an incredibly hard scenario to navigate. Well, yeah, because like I said, it affects everyone. So you come home one day, and right. you know now all of a sudden there's this information that hasn't been shared with the entire church, but you know you now possess that. Right. Um, we've always said that being a pastor's wife is difficult because... Everybody assumes you know everything that's going on. <laughs> right. So immediately they're going to pump you for information. Yes. And we'll get into that. Yeah. Some funny stories later on that. There are some funny that. stories yeah. about that. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a difficult time because now it feels like the future's kind of up in, up in the air. What, what's going to happen to the church? And, you know, there's, uh, and, and I have to say, the experience overall at first was while it was a terrible situation, uh, the response of the church was very positive in the sense that there right. was a a commitment to care for the family. There was a commitment to care for those in the church. There right. was there was really a rallying around because this was a very, I believe, healthy body of believers. Yeah. And uh, while we were going through what's essentially a trauma, it's a family trauma. Really. It is, yeah. I mean, I mean, some of our, as far as you in ministry, some of our most um, engaging kids stepped out because of 
the fallout of everything yeah that i mean there was there was some of that and uh you know there's you know kind of there's all the discussions about direction and where we go and who's gonna be the next person and you know you enter into all those discussions and uh there's a lot of tension and there's a lot of uh uh, kind of up and down and, and questioning. And I think uh, overall, we navigated that fairly well. Um, obviously, at yeah. some point, about a year later, really, it was about a year, you know, we bring a new pastor on. And, uh, you know, uh, this is a, kind of the signifier of where things are going to significantly change for us. Up to this point, we didn't figure anything yeah. was going to be different except the leadership. Um, yeah, I think that was definitely a year for us of growing and understanding that what happens at the church that we know about yeah. is often quietly discussed at home behind a closed door. Yeah, and it has to be. Otherwise, you're going you're gonna to be you, – you have to be able to have that trust with each other to be able to share those things because you can't – you know, you have this time at church where everybody – in your office where everybody's aware of a situation. You can only right. – you can do that, but – you know, you can't come home and just sit down and say, you know what, this sucks. I can't, I don't yeah. know what to do. I don't know. I mean, you have to go home. You, you can't do right. that in the office. You you, you want to protect and the... You can't engage the drama. You no. can't, and, and no matter what church you're in, there's always someone who wants to push that boundary, either yeah. on staff or not on staff. Um, and the reality to have a very earnest, hard conversation about situations and what the outcomes might be, Sometimes your only option is at home. Yeah, sometimes. And and obviously you want to be very discreet about that. And and we did a lot of that. We did a lot of debriefing and and yeah. and thinking and processing and you know, even after the new hire, uh there was always that question of, you know, hey, is this really where we need to be right now? Is there right. a next step? And and I think we were liking where we were. And I do be- believe I had lots of friends and the people that mentored me and very close relationships at this church. So with those close relationships, you obviously, you know, you don't want to lose those. Um, so we felt like it was a really good place for us at the time. Yeah. You know, and, uh, but then, the, you know, things kind of, and it's, it's, a, it's a difficult situation to talk about because obviously we want, we, we want to protect and we don't want to sound disparaging of anybody. Uh, but, you know, things begin to change at the church. Things begin to change the vision. Sure. And uh, that'll come with new leadership every, every time, time it happens. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, know, you know, there's this decision. This is like one of the hardest decisions you'll ever make is, you know, is the vision different enough or the direction different enough that it's time for you to step down? Is this God actually telling you, okay, this is time, but does that outweigh uh, the, I don't want to say comfortableness, but the security you have. Right. With a, with a job and, and where your family is, are you willing to say, okay, look, I can put up with this or... Because uh, looking for a job in ministry can be hard and tricky. Well, it can be long. I mean, just, yeah. the, sen- just the sense of, of, you know, we can... And I'd love to do a, an episode where we talk about, you know, the, the, the good and the bad of looking for a job yeah. in ministry because I think there's a ton of it yes. that goes both ways. But, um, you know, there's this, uh, there's this moment where you have to make this decision and I guess it's with any job. But you feel like, can I put up with this enough because it's the best thing for my family? Or do I really need to just move on? And I think that's where right. I was. I yeah. don't know if I ever really expressed that, that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, I was really in that kind of place because some things were changing and some people didn't like change. And uh, we had some negative experiences then. Well, um, I mean, I also think some of your theology was changing. Some of it. Well, some of Mars. 
I would say a different viewpoint was coming in. It wasn't necessarily at the heart and the core of what the yeah. church had been. Right. And I was solidifying mine mm-hmm. and understanding more of where I land on, on a great many things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, within the politics and the relationships and the feelings and the expressions, and I'm sharing this with you. You remember those nights. There were long elder meetings. Oh, and, two in the morning. Yeah. Oh. 1 a.m., 2 a.m. elder meetings. and. You know, there just there was this general malaise or not, maybe just more frustration yeah. around. Well, I think really at the heart of it, everybody was sad. Well, there was that. We were mourning. Yeah. Yeah. I think we had been in a, such a good place in such a growing church. We were mourning, I think, what we had been. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult to recover from things like that. You can, and I believe God's big enough to do that. Yeah. But, you know, we started losing people. There was a new church that opened up in town that quickly became huge. And I'm not going to mention who it is, but, <laughs> but they're very well known. Everybody knows them. Everybody yeah. knows them and knows who the senior pastor is. And, and they were beginning to draw people. And they do great things. Yeah. And they, and they have great ministry. And, you know, to watch people leave over mm-hmm. you know, for things as little as, oh, they have better music. Well, okay, right. hold on. Mm-hmm. We've had such a good run as a church. Um, you know, those are the things that can ultimately kind of tear away at your heart. And, uh, you know, we're trying to do our best. I was fairly new in ministry. I've only been in like five, six years. I, I would consider that very new because right, right. ultimately it was my first two years of being a pastor. I'd gone through the ordination process. and um, Although the average tenure of a pastor is like three years. Well, or yeah, especially so, in student ministry, mm-hmm. it's it's short. But I mean, I had literally been working at this. This was the church I grew up in, so I'd been on staff in some capacity for. Let's see, this was probably two thousand six. So since five years in yeah. one spot, working for someone who'd been there, you know, at the time, like ten years. And I and think so. I think even as a church goer, somebody can identify with giving your heart and soul to a church mm-hmm. for years and then major change comes, whether it be through who's directly, you know, in charge of your ministry or who's running the church or even an admin change sometimes yeah, can hard. completely change a ministry and how it serves your family. And especially if you've been there for a while, like at one point I was the third longest tenured youth ministry worker in our town. Right. And we have a pretty significantly big city. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that sounds really like if you're from a teeny tiny town We're in not Wisconsin. A small town. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have churches everywhere and I was the right. third longest. The only other person more than me was my boss and then the Young Life guy um, right. involved in ministry who'd been the Young Life guy since I was in high school. Right. And so, um, so anyway, we, we get to this point and then there's this, uh, I think the day it all came to a head and this is probably one of my most embarrassing days of my entire life, probably the I don't want to say the biggest mistake I've made, but it was a pretty big mistake. It's a great day, and forward note, we laugh about it today. We do laugh about it. So um, I have a very, you know, the day starts off pretty normal. We're getting ready for, we got a mission trip coming up, and, and I'm getting into the groove of being on the leadership team and being a pastor, and I have a volunteer come in and uh, who's very unhappy with me. And again, not to give a whole lot of detail away, you know, there were a couple things that needed to be worked on, but overall the tone was, uh, truthfully to this day, I believe that uh, it was the culmination of all the tension that had been going on in the church and the leadership switch and me being in that right. leadership now. And they were big fans of the previous guy who was still there. Um, but, you know, it, it, it devolved. And again, something I'm a little bit ashamed about, it devolved into an argument. 
Right. You know, and you never want to have that. It, uh, it devolved into enough of an argument that our office manager actually asked my boss if she should go in there and stop it. Right. Um, and I got to the point where, and I do believe this was uh, a this was a good maturity learning point for me. What comes afterwards <laughs> is not so much. But, you know, I, I got to the point where I said, you know what, this, this discussion is not going well. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, in my mind, I'm sitting there going, and the things we're arguing about are really silly. They were petty. They were petty, and they're really silly, mm-hmm. and we shouldn't be arguing about this. We should be having a reasonable conversation about this. Right. And I said, you know what, I need to stop this. Mm-hmm. I need to stop this. We need to circle back around. We're both not angry about this yeah. and not fighting. We can talk about this later. Which apparently was the wrong thing to say because this individual got really <laughs> upset and, you know, walked out, basically told everybody I was throwing them out of my office. And, you know, I think it was just all of that built up, <laughs> all of that built up. Uh, I marched right down to the executive pastor and I quit. <laughs> yes, that's right. No calling his wife. I did call you after I quit. You didn't tell me you quit, though. Oh, did I not? No. Nope. What did I tell you? You said, I'll be home. Are you home? We need oh, to talk. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought I told you over the phone. Anyway. No, no. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, without the consultation of my beautiful wife and the wisdom with us uh, of a unit uh, mm-hmm. with a young newborn daughter, relatively newborn, about a year old, I quit yep. my job. Yep. I quit my good job. I quit the job that was paying for my house, my cars. Um, in a right. comfortable place, I said, I'm done. Now, let me lay down some, uh, let me lay down some facts here. Uh, when I did, to the credit of the executive pastor at the time, yeah. he tried to talk me out of it. Yeah, this he, has yeah. nothing to do with the staff on that church yeah. and anything poor they did. He it was under- a great staff. Yeah. He understood what had happened. He wanted mm-hmm. me to take a deep breath. Um, but there's a conversation that happened prior to this that I, uh, I, I, I believe was a very much a God working through a very good friend and coworker mm-hmm. who pulled me aside. Uh, the children's ministry director pulled me aside one day and said, you know what? You're never going to be successful here. Yeah. And she said, because if you stay, remember, this is the church I grew up in. No one will ever see you as anything more than a 17 year old kid. Yeah. And, and, she is still one of my favorite people ever, even though she told my husband it was <laughs> it was time now, to go Now, ultimately, else. that is not how, what she meant for me to do. She did right. not intend for me to go and, like, you know, just storm out. Right. Um, and it's, you, you know, there were obviously the, because uh, was, this was the thing, and, and I don't know if I've ever shared this with you. Not only did I go and quit my job, I still had to deal with this volunteer that night. Um, and, right. And we were essentially on non-speaking terms, but they're having small groups for high school and I'm having to interact with these people yep. and interact with her. Mm-hmm. And it was incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and you know, there were times where I was like, should I just walk over and apologize? And I think I did at some point, I can't remember. Um, but it was really, really hard because everything felt like there was this giant, like just like a bulldozer was on me. Well, you, so Let's back up a little bit. You come home and tell me you've quit your job. Okay. <laughs> right. So, yeah, not so, the best delivery. So, part of the problem with that is we just didn't have time to process, right? You had to go. It was like, I think it was one or two in the afternoon. You had to be back up there by five. Yes, I did. So, I had to be 
back doing my thing. So we only had four hours. Thankfully, I remember Jess was down for a nap, yeah. our daughter. And so we had that time to process at minimum. A very minimum. What, what we, you know, because choosing to quit a job is a big discussion. We had never even really discussed it. Yeah, we didn't talk about this. And so um, it was a lot of what do we do now? Well, and, and again, while we had that question, this is what was going on was uh, cooler heads prevailed on the leadership side, and I still technically had the job. In fact, up until right. the day I left, they tried to talk me out of it. They were, they were very, um, I can't say enough about the people that supported us behind yeah. our decision and the staff at that church. I think they saw through what was happening yeah. and understood that frustration. And so up until, and it took three months to find a new job. Like, yep. like ultimately, we did go through with a job change. It and it took, was quick. It was really. You know, three months was pretty quick. But, you know, after we had kind of settled down and talked through when we were calm, after yeah. you, I was calm from the situation and you were willing to forgive me for what I did, <laughs> um, we were able, and, 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 you know, in the sense, it did make sense to do. Mm -hmm. It made sense to take that next step because it's true. You know, there's a certain point where you have to, you have to take a chance. You have to step out. If and everybody talks about, well, is God leading? I believe God leads us, right? Right. But there is a point where you kind of go, you know what? If I'm going to get better, yeah. If I'm going to grow, mm -hmm. I may not be able to do that here. I think there's a cautionary tale on the other end of it that if you are in a bad place where you have no relationship with your yeah. leadership over you. Or, or seeing over you, it might even be elders, depending on how your church is set up. Um, this could have ended in you being terminated that day. 100%. In so the blessing that we had may not be as gifted to someone else. Yeah, I mean, I could have said I'm leaving, and they would have went, okay, great, yeah. see ya. You Get know. a box, take your stuff on the way out. Yeah, and so you always want to make sure, and, and to be honest with you, we're talking about that good relationship with you know senior pastors mm -hmm. and leadership. We're going to get to that down the road in yeah. this story. Um, but you know, then you enter into this phase, like, okay, I gotta, I gotta do this. You know, mm -hmm. I've said this. Okay. Now it's time to step out. You pray about it. You go, okay. You know, this may not have happened the best way, but it is the best choice. Right. And so you enter into this job process and, yeah. you know, I'm just going to say right now, looking for a position in a church oh. and ministry is one of the most discouraging things you'll ever find. And, and I challenge churches to do this. Look at your job positions. Mm -hmm. Because what you're communicating in your job position mm -hmm. is that we have a very, very special looking person. Right. And if you don't look this way. Oh, I'm it, so tired of that I'm so, Well, and that's the thing is because that's the first thing you lead with. You might have the skills needed and everything, but what you start with is what you need them to look like. Right. And to be honest with you right now, um, I'm fortunate enough to land in a place now where um, I really, truly believe that. Uh, this is one of the most encouraging places I've ever been. Yeah. A great staff who really deeply care about ministry, but the one thing they're not worried about necessarily is image. No, not with us on, not, not, not with, with you us. or us on staff. They are not. <laughs> but unfortunately that's where we are now. In fact, yeah. somebody challenged me one time. He said, go look at the qualifications that they list. He said, you can right. tell a lot about a church by what comes first on its qualifications for a pastor in a job search. Which is ironic from my point of view because the qualifications are clearly listed in the Bible. <laughs> well, that's the thing is you will have, has to be, has to show, you know, multiplication of people, blah, 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 you know, dynamic personality. And somewhere down, a lot of times somewhere down there is, 
or add the actual biblical qualifications or elder. Now, I think a lot of people are realizing that and they're changing that or uh, it's I don't know. kind of threaded through there, but it, it's like... I actually think it's getting worse. Well, you know, a friend of mine who was working on his doctorate uh, at seminary, he said, you know, it's really discouraging <laughs> to realize that he and I are not in the target demographic for pastoral searches. We are outside the age range now. I'm 46. Which is ironic because I just read a statistic that uh, only one in seven pastors, I read it this morning, one in seven pastors are under the age of 40. See, that's the, yeah. And, and so what's ended up happening is because we're so consumed, and the, I'm going on a soapbox here because we're telling our story well, and now is, I'm on a this soapbox. This is what it's about, right? We're so driven for this, you know, for next generation ministry, which I 100% believe in, that we think what we have to do is put a person who looks like them up on the stage. Right. But that's not necessarily true, which is what we're finding out. It doesn't yeah. have to be someone who looks like them. It has to be someone who can demonstrate and show and teach the message clearly where they understand it and go, wait a minute, this is something that I need. And a lot of times what ends up happening is if you are communicating truly uh, what the text and the scripture says, people are going to go, I mean, really look at what this Mm -hmm. is saying. People are going to go, wait a minute, I'm studying the Bible and this challenges everything somebody else told me. And I think that's, that's the key is they have to be able to see it for themselves and go, wait a minute, now I have to wrestle and rectify everything. And I'm not getting into a theology debate. You go ahead. Yeah, I'm not getting into that either. I think also what people are drawn to as well beyond what people are asking for in their, you know, searches is congregations are looking for love Mm -hmm. and acceptance. Yeah. I mean, that's clear by if you look at any news article talking about the church today, they're taught, you know, CNN, NBC, Fox, everybody talks about how the churches are not accepting. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, what that should tell anybody in a pastoral position or working in a church is that people want to be loved. Yeah, well, they're the community thing. And we all agree that they yeah. are looking for community and acceptance mm-hmm. and love. Uh, the group of young adults that we work with, yeah. I mean, their primary th- reason they're coming is because they're in the stage of life where they're looking for that. Right. And I think that's what we were looking for. We were yeah. look, and that was a big deal for us is if we're going to go out to a church and work somewhere else, we're going to need that a place right. um, that we feel like we belong. And, you know, all through this process, we land on this one church <laughs> that really pursued us mm-hmm. and we felt like things were really, and it's, and it was a great opportunity. It, it, everything yeah. about it on page was perfect. Yeah. And we felt like, yeah, we can really connect here. But some, one, something you're always going to learn about any job search is. You can be so enamored with what it is or what it appears to be that you miss the things you need to see most importantly and the things you need to hear right. in the conversations that have, which is what I yeah. learned out of this next set, this next stage of our experience, because this is just the beginning. Like this is kind of the, I don't want to say the downhill slope, but this right. is kind of the bumpy part right before things are going to take a nosedive for us. And yeah. I mean, yeah. the funny part is maybe... Six months before this, Nathan had given a, um, well, he had spoken on a sermon on Sunday morning, and he had talked about some of the hardships we had our first year. Yeah, we talked about how we had a rough first year. (laughs) And looking back on that now, it seems humorous at best. Well, it seems a little bit, well, it seems (laughs) short-sighted. We were young, you know, anything can be, anything can change at any time. Um, You know, what I'm thinking is, though, you know, where we jump to now is we get this job laid in our laps 
Well, right? not really. You're I not mean, like, I mean, we worked for it. What I mean we, is, yeah. we get this job presented to us. Everything looks right. Yeah. Everything looks like it is going to be perfect. And we jump on board with it. Yeah. Um, we do all the visits and everything. And, you know, it's the middle of July and I get a phone call with the job is offered. Yeah. And I call you. And this time I called you. <laughs> yeah. At this point, he looped me into the conversations much more readily. Yes, I did. <laughs> you were in all the conversations. I, yeah. I, 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 we, we talk about it. We pray about it. We say, yes, this is it. And we go for it. And so it's 11 o'clock in the morning. I know the day it happened yeah. because it was the day that the Dark Knight came out. The, uh, oh, the second course. Christopher Nolan Batman movie. Hashtag big fat geek, geek podcast. podcast. <laughs> Everybody go listen to that podcast. <laughs> um, that's the other one I'm on. Uh, of uh, among many actually um so i know that's the day Mm -hmm. because i'm going to buy tickets to go with the youth group and so um take the job everything is you know you're on cloud nine when you accept a job and you're going to meet me because we're going to have dinner together before we go to the movies celebrate what's happened should we end it here and we're going to tell you what's going to happen next okay on the next episode so we're going to end here okay and we're going to let you know what happened there because we're on cloud nine. Everything's working. Yeah. And I just want to give, I, I'm blanking on her name. Who was it that told you? Melissa? Melissa. I just want to give Melissa a shout out that even though we go through 10 years of what hopefully is the hardest period in our lives, <laughs> that, that, is true. that your advice was well taken and we love you and we do um, appreciate your continued friendship through the years and just how much you supported us. Yeah, I I don't think we have to worry about that. I mean, ultimately it all works out. I think it's worth mentioning before we go into this. This was never a mistake to do this. Right. But today, maybe the lesson learned is not the one we thought it was going to be. (laughs) Right. We never saw it coming. All right. Well, if you uh, have any other uh, ideas, questions, or comments, you can send them to us at thepodcastingleads at gmail.com. We're still working on getting that Patreon up, but... uh, you know, at some point we'll be able to announce that. And uh, we look forward to talking with you again. Thank you for listening and uh, get ready for the next part of the story because it it's gets, a big one. This is where it almost gets surreal and people can't believe. But yeah, uh, we'll let you know on the next episode. So you guys yeah. take care. Have a great week, Kim. Peace. Bye. Bye uh, pe- have a great day. Have a great day. <laughs> we'll work on that ending a little bit. Yeah. All right. You guys have a good one. <laughs> <laughs>